Welcome back. I'm Kim Bailey. She's Juliana Osborne. This is Inside Exec. Today, against my better judgment and putting it off for at least a couple of years, Juliana is going to treat me as a guest on the podcast and ask me a whole lot of questions. I am actually quite happy to share a lot of the information that we're going to talk about because I often bring it into the conversations that we have on other topics. And I think this way I can focus my mind a bit better and just talk step by step through all of the things that we need to cover and not be confused by thinking about one area of my interest as well as the the management side of things. So for what it's worth, she's in charge today, but she has to understand that the tables will be turned at some point. I won't tell her when. I'll just take over and ask the questions of her next time. Thank you, Kim. I really want to thank you for finally agreeing to do this. For our listeners, I think you already know Kim very well and you did have heard her very frequently referring to experiences and I guess sharing stories that are relevant to a topic through her involvement in floral art and design. Now, For you who don't know this, Kim has been doing this for a number of years, and I'll get her to tell us how many in a minute and how she got there. But basically, she's a competitor in the country. She's a competitor worldwide. She often represents Australia in the global competitions of floral art. I have to stress, it's not about just the design and the artistic way and competing. It's a whole new world that I got exposed to through Kim. There's so much planning and arranging and administration. There's so much to deal with so many people across in that area. There is so much to do with different cultures and technical issues. The, The good news is it is very interesting in that way that Kim sees it as her passion. It's her passion. And she will talk about that in a minute. But also the fact that Kim might not say to you that she has won many, many, many awards locally and overseas for her design and artistic side, but for her contribution to that, because it's all volunteered, if you didn't know. One of these awards was the Garden Club Australia and Williams Clark medallion she's got. And they, they're not easy to get in the sense that people have to really have been contributing over a number of years, number of years, and getting results. So I think this is a brief introduction. I would like Kim to explain to people who know nothing about this world. Kim, can you tell us, firstly, what attracted you to that world? And what is that world? How would you describe it to people who know nothing about it? Thank you for that interesting introduction. (laughs) (laughs) art is a term that was coined a long time ago to encompass the idea of competition around arranging flowers initially, and these days it's arranging plant material or plant-based material, mm-hmm. to an art form. So, so it's basically art with flowers is probably the, the simplest description, although, as I said, it, it doesn't have to be flowers. It can be any, any other things. The overriding concept is that it is a, a design that interprets a title. So we are given a title and we need to interpret that with plant material so that when a judge looks at the design, 
they will say what the title is. For instance, my very first first placing in a, a large competition was for a design that was called It's Different and it was an abstract design. So much like painting and any other creative art form, there are categories of designs that, that we can or don't have to use. In this instance, we were required to make it an abstract design. So I did this design. It was very minimalist. It was very abstract. It was three sticks wrapped in wool or a little bit of wool with a, some gum nuts hanging upside down through it. Well, I saw the first placing and I was very excited. And as I went to ring someone to tell them that I'd got a first placing, I saw some people walk past from the general public and they stood in front of it and they went, oh, well, that's different. And it was a derogatory way, but it, what it did was it said the title of the class so that I knew that I'd nailed it. I knew that I'd got it right. <laughs> Everyone's reaction to it was, was that it was different. And that's what a judge wants to see. And apart from that, they're judged on design principles and elements, so colour, form, rhythm, dominance, you know, the whole brain, 10 things that they're, designed, they're judged on. Right. But for me, it was a creative outlet. If I go right back to the beginning, I have always, all my life, been a bit of a tragic for the Royal Easter Show in Sydney. I have been every, every year. I haven't missed a year except for last year when it wasn't on. That's 2020. So I've been every year and I've been involved with it in different ways. So whether it's been as a volunteer in terms of working with the Country Women's Association or a competitor in the arts at one stage or these days for the last 10 plus years, just trying to work out how far back it goes. But more than 10 years, I've been a competitor in the floral art section. So that's the Horticulture Hall, for those of you who know, at the Easter show. That competition is the biggest competition that we can do here locally in Australia. It runs for two weeks. The designs change every second day. So we have up to eight designs that we do for each session. So over that period of two weeks, we could do upwards of 50 designs in that period of time. Anything from the miniature, which is uh, under four inches or 10 centimetres, up to the bigger floor-based designs, which are a metre square and two metres high. And then they might all be on the same day. You might have two that are on the bench and two little ones and, and a big one on the same day. So the, the planning that goes into it and the preparation that goes into it starts months in advance, I will say. And the logistics for me as well, because I actually have to travel to get there, I have to drive, so I've got to have things that can be taken down, fit into the car, get there, put them together. And putting them together is exciting in itself because we can't start staging, it's called, putting the designs in where they're going to be judged until 10.30pm of the night before the judging. And we have from then until about 7.30 the next morning to put them together. During that preparation for the Easter show. Give us an idea of the hours when you arrive there to set up because we just people turn up to the Easter show and see things there. Just let us see behind the scenes what, how early or late or whatever you do it. Given that, that I have a drive of about an hour and 40 minutes to get there, I will leave home at 10.30, 11 o'clock at night there's no point in me getting to the showground before midnight because they need to clear off the previous uh, designs set up for the next lot of designs. Plus there's an issue of getting people off the showground when the show actually closes of that night before. So I leave home, say I leave home at 10.30, I'll get to the showground about midnight, 
little bit after, there will already be some competitors there who are working a different Mm. schedule to me. So I get there. I'll work through till about, I like to finish by about 7 o'clock in the morning, so I've got time to move the car off the showground, park it, have some breakfast, walk back to the showground for when it opens, see the judging, wait till the judging's finished, which is usually about between 10 and 11 of that morning, and then I drive back, get back here, and hopefully I get a couple of hours sleep, but depending on how excited I am or how much I've got to prepare for the next day, that night I will have a normal night's sleep and the next day is preparation for the same process again. So that night. So I get one night's sleep in between the, the days where I am awake for 24 hours. And that's that's assuming that I don't have anything else on in the days in between. I try not to schedule that. But this particular year, 2021, we had a very exciting event happen in, in part of that process. So one of the days... By the time I went to sleep the next time, I had been awake for 32 hours. So, oh, Wow, that's a lot of dedication to do that. Okay, so that, that's for local competition, right? Now, tell us a bit about the world competitions and what you need to do for that and the challenges. The Australian organisation, so I'm a member of the New South Wales Floral Art Association, Mm -hmm. which in turn is a member of the Australian Floral Art Association and at the moment I'm the president of the Australian Association. That in turn is part of the World Association of Flower Arrangers. That's an organisation of 31 member countries. Australia is one of the founding members. Every three years we have what's called the Olympics for flower arranging. So every three years in a different country we will have a world flower show. That entails about 600 competitors attending to put together their designs in the competition and then there's a week of other activities that happen. Mm. Diana was very fortunate to attend with me the 2014 World Flower Show, which was in Dublin in Ireland, and that was her first real introduction to something on the scale of what World Flower Mm. Arranging is as opposed to the Easter Show, which she obviously sees every other year. From Dublin, the next one, 2017, was in Barbados. And in Barbados, I was selected to display the Australian honorary exhibit. So each country has an honorary exhibit as well as the competition stuff that we do as individuals. So I did for Barbados, I did the Australian exhibit and I had two entries in the competition side of things. Last year in 2020, just before, and literally I got back two days before lockdown started in this country, the world show was in Jaipur in India, a very different setting. And the next one has been pushed back a year, but it will be in New Zealand, in Auckland, New Zealand, right. in, now in 2024. Right. So looking forward to that one. With the Barbados one, because I did the Australian exhibit, I had learned from the previous world show in Dublin that it's best to bring your own plant material. Mm-hmm. The organisers will supply you with somewhere you can buy plant material. But what we found in Dublin was even though it was had great access to the European markets and there were daily deliveries, what they were delivering is the quality of plant material that they would normal, normally deliver to a florist. Right. But the competition, we are judged on the condition of the plant material. Right. It needs to be perfect. And the only way you can ensure that is if you provide it yourself and you know what you've got. 
Fortunately, in, in Ireland, I didn't use a lot of flowers and I stayed with some friends in Kilpenny and so I used things from their garden. So I was able to pick very carefully what I was using yeah. in Barbados because I had to do the Australian exhibit as well as my two competition ones. I thought I will take Australian plant material with me. Now that came with a whole host of other challenges that fall into the realm of administration right. uh, in terms of understanding how we export plant material and the intricacies of, of an export system that was geared towards commercial quantities because I was only taking, their sense, a minuscule amount. It was about five kilos, I think, the box. It has to travel with you, so it had to be part of my luggage. It has to be inspected. It has to have a certificate here and you have to get an import licence from the place you're going to, so Barbados. So, that, so Barbados government administration runs at Barbados time. Mm-hmm. So they, they warned us about applying for certification and all the things that we needed months in advance. And I did that and it did take three months to come through, which was fine. And I thought here, I won't have as much of an issue. I know what I have to do. I'll do all the applications, do all the rest of it. The problem was the inspection of the plant material. So as it turned out, after literally four months of emails and paperwork and I got the help of an import export agent as well because I thought at least they'll know the intricacies of what's happening got to the day I was flying out the inspection was happening that morning at Rosebury if you know Sydney so you're one side of the airport essentially to the other but it's we're talking Sydney peak hour morning traffic across the city took the box he inspected it said yes it's all fine sealed it all up again he said, oh, well, I'll print out your certificate, but my boss wants to have a look because he's really intrigued by what you're doing. And I said, I have to get a flight in time. I really need to be checking in now because they need to see the box as well. Yeah, 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 it won't take long. And I, I still got to contend with the traffic to get across the city. We got to just before the entrance to the airport and the traffic was just at a standstill. And so I said to my partner who was driving the car, I said, I will get out, I will take this box and my check-in luggage and I'll meet you whenever you get there. (laughs) Because I'm going to be able to walk faster than than you can drive. But anyway, the traffic opened up and so he was able to drop me off and that was all good. Flight to Barbados, I didn't want to go by continental US, so I flew to Canada, which was 15 hours, you know, about about the same sort of time. So it was just a nicer flight. Flew into Vancouver, cross-country to Toronto, and then down to Barbados. So 15 hours, five hours, five hours. But in Toronto, we got delayed. So by the time I arrived in Barbados, this box had been sealed for 28 hours. And I was fairly strung out about getting somewhere where I could have a shower. That well, you know, I stopped it. I had an overnighter in, in Toronto, but I still wanted to stop travelling. Yeah. The inspector opens up the box and looks at it, and I, I just saw him push something with his finger. His boss comes out and says, how does it look? And this is very typical of Barbados. The inspector said, oh, well, there was one came out, but the rest of his family didn't follow, so they must all be dead. It can go. And so that was, you know, after 28 hours in this box, spraying all the works, there was still a bug that was right. alive. Right. But they, they weren't worried because the rest of the bug's family wasn't with it. So it yeah. was just the most wonderful introduction to a country. But in terms of getting there, and this is all stuff that needed to happen before I could actually do yes. the creation, the floral art side of things. And in India, mm-hmm. I 
decided that I would use the local plant material. I ordered stuff beforehand. It was okay, but it wasn't the best quality, but I wasn't relying on it to, to form the story because what had happened in that three years is that a lot of the things that are plant-based, like sizal fabrics and paper, are now part of what we can use in design. So it was I wasn't relying so much on fresh plant material as I was on the dried stuff that I took with it. So seaweed, the, the nori seaweed paper that, that you have in sushi, we can yes. use plant-based. So one of my designs was based on that and lentils. So I, I wasn't really relying on the fresh plant material. It's really fascinating because when you think about designing and using plant material, whatever, you only think about that and then you see the competition. You never really stop to think about things like what you talked about, resourcing, planning, administration, and in this case, thinking about different cultures, understanding the law before <laughs> even travel, customs, etc. And we haven't even started on the different cultures and expectation of people and, and all that trip planning. It would be very fair to say that without a solid background in bureaucratic administration and planning, I would not be able to accomplish the things that I have done in the floral art world. So join us for part two, where we do a bit more exploring about the similarities between this passion of mine and managing organisations and working teams. But for now, I'm Kim Bailey, she's Fuliana Osborne, and this is Inside Exec.